Welcome to the In One Podcast, where you'll get an inside look at stories from the Clemson MBA team, as well as entrepreneurs and innovators from Greenville, South Carolina, and beyond. Brought to you by the Pfeiffer Innovation Hub at the Clemson University MBA program. So we are here this afternoon with Dr. Greg Pickett, who is the Associate Dean of the MBA program in Greenville, South Carolina at the One Building. And Dr. Pickett, it's a pleasure to sit down with you and get a chance to really learn more about what you do. And and, and in that spirit, I'd, I'd like to ask you to talk a little bit about your role uh, currently and how you came to be in that position at the Clemson MBA. Well, it's a pleasure to be here uh, with you, Gail, and have a chance to talk a little bit about our program. And it it seems a little strange because you have been uh, so instrumental in a lot of the things that we've accomplished here. So um, it is nice to be able to share a little bit. I was lucky enough to be asked to to lead this group in 2010 when the director uh, left, uh, Dr. Karen St. John. And it came at a time that was really uh, interesting for the program, and that was when we were moving all of our full-time students to Greenville, and we were consolidating our operations at Clemson at the Falls. So uh, I guess it it was a request of our dean that I, um, you know, assumed this responsibility from my job as department chair, and it's been a great ride. So since you've been here, um, Greg, I guess I wanted to ask you, since 2010, what, what would you say you're, you're most proud of? And maybe that's an unfair question, but uh, I'm sure there are certain things that come to mind. Well, we, as a group, we have seen um, significant growth. Uh, all of the metrics that you would think uh, would be important for our students have improved. The students are um, finding more job opportunities, the, the pay is higher. I think the quality of the education and the experiences have uh, been improved a great deal. I mean, there's a host of things that, as I look back over the last eight to nine years, that we've, we've been able to be successful in providing these enhanced opportunities for our professional graduate students, and I'm really proud of that. And I know, Dr. Pickett, since you've been here, um, that your program has really evolved and sort of proliferated out into um, different different choices in your MBA path. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. We, we have had, I think, an exceptional uh, program designed primarily for our corporate students those uh, part-time students that come to us and, and are seeking additional management uh, thought and, and expertise to take back to their companies. But in 2012, we embarked on a, a new program emphasizing entrepreneurship and innovation, and that has yielded not only a full-time program around those uh, areas, but also a part-time program uh, that we offer on weekends and online. And, and so that was the first foray into uh, expanding the set of offerings for our students. I think it's critical that we engage uh, with our students around this concept of 
of startup activity and innovation more broadly. And so that was successful um, and has, has been one of the cornerstones of what we try to uh, offer all of our students regardless of the program. Uh, a few years ago, three years ago, I believe, we started a, a MBA BA, which is a business analytics concentration for our part-time students, which has seen significant growth um, and success. It's important that the students, our students, uh, are competitive in the analytics field, and we believe that we're, we're offering those skills uh, for those students. And we're getting ready to offer a complete uh, online MBA program for the students that live across the nation and literally the world so that they can get their MBA um, and gain access to the resources we have here at Clemson. Those are a lot of uh, value-add um, opportunities that you've been talking about. How many students are now at um, the one building, the MBA program? When, when we um, consolidated in 2010, we had just a few over 200, 220 to 30, as I recall. Uh, today, we have 550 students. Uh, so we've seen um, significant growth. And I, I think the growth reflects the, the value that we're providing in this marketplace around graduate education. Uh, our students are of excellent quality and our professors do a great job in delivering uh, their business education. And we wouldn't continue to see this growth in really a mature market. The MBA uh, programs across the nation, some are even uh, shuttering uh, their doors uh, particularly in the full-time programs. And so we feel very fortunate and, and I'm confident that the reason that we've seen that success is because of the quality that we're delivering. So a lot of growth and a lot of change has occurred since you've been in this role. I'm curious to know, were, were there hurdles uh, that you faced and how did you overcome them? Because it sounds to me as if you are a highly innovative person yourself and also perhaps a disruptor. Well, we, we have, um, I'll, I'll just admit, the success that we've had is a, a complete team effort. So I feel lucky to be uh, in the role that, I, that I'm in. Um, the, the challenge is always um, making sure that you stay ahead of the curve. Um, in, in mature markets, you have, to, you have to innovate. And that's why I think some of the things that we've done aren't found in the state. And it gives us a competitive advantage. For instance, our two concentrations, part-time concentrations in entrepreneurship and innovation and business analytics, both are delivered in a unique um, in a unique way, and that is we have residency weekends six times a year where students come Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and uh, take classes, and that for as they come twice a semester that is the, in essence a full semester's worth of contact hours and then we do a class online and those students can secure their degree in a little over two years. Um, it has an executive MBA feel. The students are excellent that uh, participate in those concentrations but 
I think that's an example of not only the content being important that we deliver, but the platform. And so that's that's what I think um, in terms of this concept of disruption, that's one of the examples that I would point to as uh, giving us a, a, a competitive advantage in that marketplace and has led to our growth. I guess I have to ask, too, you know, you're sitting in Greenville, South Carolina, which is just an amazing city in itself. I mean, innovation is everywhere in Greenville. How much does that play into um, the success of, of your program being positioned as such? Greenville is such a wonderful place. We take full advantage of the fact that our facility uh, is world class. It's in downtown Greenville. Uh, if, uh, if you've ever had an opportunity to explore the city, you'll find the culture is, is as good as any in a much larger location. Um, yet it's walkable. It's, it's a beautiful city. The restaurants are great. Um, there's a number of things that kind of fill out the, what students are looking for when they make a commitment to getting their education. So for our full-time students, there are many of them come from all over the United States. The city becomes really important, uh, I think. And in our part-time concentrations, we're, we're, we have individuals from Texas and California and, and other locations, and they really enjoy uh, the city in the evenings when they complete their coursework. So I think it's important. The other question that kind of comes to mind, and I'm, I, I, I want to ask as well, is I know your background is marketing research. You've been a marketing professor, department chair. What You're under a big brand with Clemson right now. How does that affect or does it affect enrollment and interest in the MBA? It, it certainly does. Um, you know, Clemson, we're, we're part what I would consider to be a sub-brand of the university, so all of the individual programs uh, that Clemson offers uh, benefit from the fact that we're at Clemson University. And it doesn't hurt that we happen to be the national champions in football um, twice, what is it, twice out of the last three years. So all of those things contribute to an awareness that is really difficult to build independent of this broader brand. So we certainly have benefited from that. I want to shift gears just a moment uh, and talk a little bit about creativity and applied creativity, innovation. You shifted roles as a department chair and came here to take over this program, and now a lot of interesting things have happened, and you've taken advantage of the region you're in, the, the brand you're under, and you've really grown and, and diversified the program that is here and available to organizations. You've talked with organizations, you know, extensively interviewed organizations about innovation within their cultures. How, how, how innovative do you consider yourself to be on a scale of one to 10? And how do you define innovation? That's a, that's a great question. I'm, um, I think innovation is a little different from creative. And, um, you know, I, I link creativity to, um, when I think about being creative, I think more in terms of the arts. Um, mm -hmm. And so it, maybe innovation is, is more of applied uh, creativity. But I, I, when I 
people ask, and you get different answers uh, when you ask that question about innovation, uh, even of companies. But I think innovation is about solving problems uniquely with scarce resources. And um, there's a market component to it. Um, I think innovation that is successful uh, links back to uh, being able to provide value to markets as well. Uh, but that's how I would define um, innovation, I think. And again, how do you see yourself? Or do you feel like you're a person that has a fair amount of... And I'm asking this question because all of us ask that question if we want to be more innovative. And have you had kind of a, a laboratory here? How have you created a culture where people felt safe to come up with new and different ideas? Because in any organization, that can be a challenge in and of itself. Well, I'm, I'm happy um, that we have a team that uh, embraces the uh, doing things uh, uniquely. Um, we, I've tried really hard to make sure that um, our, our staff and our, our, our team here delivering services every day feel like they have the um, support of uh, our unit and they're not afraid to fail. We, we, I'm very proud we don't fail very often um, and that the things that we've tried because of the quality of our, of our MBA staff often turns out to be successful. Um, and so I guess answering the question about am I creative, uh, I'm creative in the sense that uh, I, I can put I can assess the, the marketplace well. I can I have a sense because of my marketing background um, what resonates in, in the, the markets that we serve, what allows us to form a competitive advantage. So it's kind of a focused creativity um, and an innovation that um, I, I think is important for graduate education. I am concerned when I read articles in the Wall Street Journal and elsewhere about uh, some individuals questioning the value of professional graduate education. Uh, our experience is that um, the students are receiving a significant return for their investment. And it's important that we continue to, to look at the environment and to make sure that we are relevant. And, and that, I think, feeds into um, what all of our, our uh, teammates uh, do here, and that is to continue to offer services, program support, that our students um, will be successful. So I think that's been an important component of, of um, being able to grow the programs as well. You say the word relevant, and you are in a kind of massive manufacturing region that's that's very um, um, growing and, and very stimulated right now. How do you stay relevant? How do you make sure that you're hearing uh, from organizations and keeping a touch point on, you know, a finger on the pulse of the things that are happening that, that inform what you're doing here in the program? We continue to have a variety of, of uh, access points to the community, whether it's participation on the chamber boards, 
um, reaching out to uh, directors and, and managers and, and CEOs of companies. Um, we have, um, as, as you know, our MBA executive board. We've got um, other avenues where literally 20 or 30 companies will come in prior to a networking event for our students and we spend uh, an hour talking to them about how things are changing, things they would like to see um, produced uh, through our MBA uh, program and ultimately the skill sets that they want our students to have. So it's really uh, more about collecting information and being open to uh, the needs of the marketplace as expressed by our, our core customers of of managers and CEOs that are going to do the hiring. So students are kind of your customers. I'm just curious to know, what's a dream testimonial from a student? What do you love to hear from a student who's finishing up the program? Well, it's it's wonderful for our students to um, share their success as they go out and, and start seeking employment. Um, our, our career services do a great job of linking our students to uh, companies that are hiring. I, I guess testimonials, I kind of break them into two areas. One of the things that we do, we have a number of graduation ceremonies that parents and grandparents will come to and the students will attend. It's just a, a great event. And uh, almost every, at every one of those graduation ceremonies, I will have... Um, well, this last one, I had a grandmother come up and tell mm -hmm. me, thank, thank us for what we were doing and how their son or grandson, in this case, uh, benefited from uh, the association with Clemson. And that's not unusual. The, 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 the parents and students feel the support that we've been able to, to develop. That's something else that has made us really unique in that we, we try to go out of our way to provide the kinds of services that we feel like our students deserve. So once you commit to, to getting a Clemson MBA, you're not on your own. We've got uh, 20 folks up here that find ways to support students and help students uh, mature and to help them find new opportunities if they desire to move from their current position or, or seek new opportunities for the first time. So all of those things, I think, are um, ways that, that uh, we provide additional value. I'm curious to know, I've heard you say before that um, your first love is teaching. So I'm, I've often wondered what inspired you what, to become a professor? What compelled you? We have, um, those of us in the profession, I just attended um, uh, an event for my dissertation chair in Lincoln, Nebraska this weekend. And he had, I was his first or second PhD student. He had 25 former PhD students attend that event and literally tell, his name is Jim Gentry, how, how much he's influenced their lives. And so I had hoped that education would provide that kind of fulfillment in my career. And um, it has. It, we had one of my 
my former student was a sport marketing student, and um, her father, uh, about six months ago, who serves on one of uh, Clemson's boards, uh, made a point of coming to me and, and saying how much um, Katie's life had been changed because she had been in my class and we had traveled to Europe and those kinds of things. And so uh, being a, a professor and teacher, it takes a long time to often to, to understand and to get the feedback that what you're doing is valued. But it's so uh, unbelievably fulfilling to hear from students that something you've done has actually helped them in life and has changed their path. So it's a really fulfilling um, uh, career. And, and I still teach. I teach a, a great deal. And it's always nice to have a student tell you they've actually used something that you've provided in the classroom. <laughs> so that's been kind of fun, too. One of the things that I've noticed about you through the years is you have a, an ability, and I've actually asked you this, but I'm asking it again because several years have gone by since, but you have an ability to see the gifts of people and to tap them and, and allow them to use their gifts, which is a wonderful thing to be able to give to someone. And I don't think that's that's a, necessarily a common thing thing but you what would you say about that what is it that you can see what people need to be doing uh in your in your in your culture here my um you know i've i've thought about and we've talked about the my management style um and to the extent that i have one that's definable it, it has to do with my firm belief that our role as managers is to help people do the job as best they can and then to celebrate when those things occur. And the, the thing that I think some managers forget to do is that it's not about them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you, you cannot build a, a great organization based on your input alone. And as soon as you embrace the fact that as a manager, you're not the one delivering all of the services and the education and um, what your job is, is to support those that are passionate about your vision and feel like it's a shared vision. So, um, you know, what, what's important is, and it's, it's really hard to do, is to make sure that you've got the kind of people on your team that feel uh, the same passion that you do, that feel like um, we're all in it together, and that everybody here is kind of rowing in the same direction. So I, I think for me that that has been over the last few years a realization that uh, I think is really impactful. It's not about you know, it, these aren't my successes. These are our team's successes. Thank you, Greg. As you think about yourself as as your career has evolved and as you've evolved in your, your role, um, of course, self-awareness is so critical for a leader. But 
I'd like you to tell me something that you kind of like about yourself, and I'd like you to tell me something that maybe you kind of don't like about yourself, uh, because we all have to sort through all of that as we progress. That's a hard question, <laughs> I, and thank you for asking that, Gail. Um, the so I, you know, one of the things I like about myself that you probably don't pick up uh, initially because my demeanor tends to be more laid back um, and casual in a lot of respects. But when it comes to achieving goals, I think uh, early on I was, uh, I was a pole vaulter starting in the seventh grade all the way through college, and I had a high school, junior high and high school coach that is absolutely driven around metrics and goals and, and a work ethic that's um, hard to replicate, particularly in young people. Um, but I'm, I'm fairly driven, and I, I want to be successful, and I, I want to have definable goals and uh, achieve those as a unit. And so that's one of the traits that I think is important that that individuals are able to um, define their path, set goals, and then work to achieve those. The, the flip side, what, what I don't like sometimes is um, that that kind of orientation sometimes doesn't allow you to sit back and um, fully appreciate kind of what you've accomplished. Uh, there's always another program to launch. There's always more students to, to reach. Um, it, it, it's kind of a never-ending, uh, uh, reoccurring uh, path. And I think, you know, it's important not only to set goals and to achieve them, but to make sure you, you take some time to reflect and uh, appreciate what what your units accomplished. The Clemson University MBA program is home to full and part-time corporate and entrepreneurship degree programs, a part-time business analytics program, and the new online MBA. Learn more at www.clemson.edu/mba. So I would like to know what is it that you're curious about now? And what is it that you might want to accomplish going forward, either personally or professionally? I'm, I'm, um, I've become interested in uh, in leadership. Uh, I think it's a it's in in perhaps in part, Gail, because of some of the, the things that you've shared over the years. It's a really interesting and important uh, component of what we do and what we, we try to make sure our students at, at Clemson and the MBA program come out with a slight edge related to how they view um, their responsibilities and their leadership style. So I'm really interested in that. Uh, I, I'm anxious and have been uh, learning uh, about uh, different uh, delivery platforms, particularly online uh, delivery of education. And we're, we're, we're trying to create something unique in the marketplace when we launch our online MBA uh, next semester. 
that tries to blur the lines of in-class education with online education. And it's been a real challenge. Um, so I'm, I'm interesting and interested in how close we can make online education to in-person education and how we can begin to blur those, those uh, lines that um, perhaps have not been explored to the extent that, that we're trying to implement. Would you care to comment uh, further on that edge you want to give students when you talked about kind of leadership and what they're taking back into, um, or is that a secret sauce kind of thing, or can you talk about that? I, I just, I think, um, you know, I have, I have become um, appreciative of the, the things that, uh, that, in part, you've emphasized. Uh, soft skills are really important. Uh, understanding who you are as a person is a is a part of that um, you know through your classes and, and others having students think about uh, what their strong points are the type of person they may be and how one complements uh, their core tendencies with folks around them that will allow the unit to be more successful I think is really important uh, experiences uh, our students, um, we work really hard to make sure our students give back to the community. All those kinds of things, I think, create a kind of leader that uh, has an opportunity to be successful. And I think it's a little bit unique. We have a key focus here on innovation, and you just talked about how people are different. Um, I've heard you lecture on innovation and how that uh, manifest or, or plays out in the... Could you talk about that just a little bit in terms of how people really do innovate differently? Well, uh, in, innovation, I think, um, requires that you uh, embrace the unknown. And so to, to be effective in this innovation area for us, and when I say us, I'm talking about professional business graduate education, it's important that you understand innovation beyond uh, product research uh, orientations, and you don't think about innovations only in the next widget, new kind of widgets that's going to be developed. Innovations for organizations occur across functional areas. So one of the things that... that um, I've emphasized and have our students consider is how they can innovate in whatever field they're in. If they're an accountant, if they're in marketing, if they're in sales, each of those functional areas provide opportunities to be innovative and to drive value. And so innovation for um, business people, uh, I, 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 I try to make sure that I convey this any opportunity I get, it, it is beyond, it's, it extends beyond um, the product development. And I think that's important. You want all of your people in the organizations thinking about how they can do things differently and better. And um, I wanted to ask you for any advice for any students out there who might be Perhaps they've gotten their undergraduate degree. They're thinking about an MBA. What advice would you have for them as far as when to pull the trigger and 
come back for an MBA? Do you advise going for it directly? Um, what do you What do you advise there? Well, we we do take straight throughs, uh, but if if any uh, prospective student were to ask me, I would recommend that they go out and get some experience. Uh, I think when you do that, you begin to have an appreciation, a, a greater appreciation for what some of our faculty will be delivering, and you begin to see how that can that can play in the environments where you've already been, and you know what your problems are, and you know what the challenges are. So. One of the recommendations I would have for students thinking about getting an MBA is to, to get a little bit of work experience. Um, I, I think that's, that's important. And as far as guidance for getting into the right program, that's something that can be provided here um, because we, there are the different flavors in a way. Well, we, we can, and um, part of we've got a great team, admissions team, that can answer any questions that prospective students might have. And, and it becomes a, a real challenge. Um, when you look at, you can get an, an MBA in a lot of different places. Uh, there's a lot of programs to pick from uh, across the United States and even in, in this region. While I'm biased, I don't think you can find a, a better uh, program than what we provide here at Clemson. Uh, if you look at the, the supportive staff that we have, if you look at our placement rates, uh, if you look at our, our uh, ability as a staff to listen well and to, and to personalize um, some of the support that the students seek, uh, all those things I think we do um, as well, if not better than uh, other programs in the area and region. And and we're sitting today in the Pfeiffer Innovation Hub. Could you talk a little bit about that, um, uh, how that came to be, and, and really what your hopes are for for this hub? Sure. The, we're so fortunate to have Ben and Sherry Pfeiffer support our program with a meaningful gift that has allowed us in part to, to create this um, podcasting room to begin doing interviews with students, alumni, entrepreneurs, uh, faculty, staff. And the, the goal is to develop a series of programs and activities that, that broaden the communities and our students' understanding of what innovation is and how important it is to embrace uh, this concept of, of, of innovation. Uh, and so our, our goal here is to incentivize faculty to innovate in the classroom, to create innovative content delivered to students in the community with uh, lectures and seminars around uh, innovation. Um, we're disseminating information. We'll, this is early in the process of doing these kinds of, of interviews, but having a couple of different uh, podcast brands that will um, allow us to more broadly share uh, best practices and how CEOs are innovating in their industries. Uh, all of this, I think, filters down to the the principles that we've built this program around. And innovation is one of those key areas. 
Um, entrepreneurship is a piece of that. Um, and so um, uh, what Ben and Sherry Pfeiffer's gift and the Pfeiffer Innovation Hub is going to provide us a vehicle to continue to, to share how important this concept is. Um, I did want to ask you, Greg, as you think about um, the next four to five years and you think about um, this really being a bit of a startup when you came and, and there was a move to the one building and and you had an opportunity to really kind of drive things in, in, in the way that felt right to you, um, do you feel like your marketing research, the background you have, do you think those things came together in a way that really helped you move this forward. And I'd just be curious to know your thoughts looking back at it now that Steve Jobs says you can connect the dots looking back. We have, um, yes, I, I think my marketing background, when you, you know, all of us have uh, unique skills and marketing has provided uh, me with a way to view our environment and the way to think about uh, customers. Uh, I've taught and have done research in the services marketing area, and this obviously is a service that we're providing education. So I, I have a, a, a good understanding of the key elements that are required for a service product to be successful and to resonate. The other thing that I'll say is it's, it's important for any business, including ours, to create um, a, a brand that is uh, well-known and that has distinctive competencies that are recognized that we can sell. So this idea of a competitive advantage that we talk a lot about in marketing and marketing strategy is real. And if you combine it with effective um, symbols and you communicate effectively about your product and you understand the power brands have you have a chance to be successful. And all those things um, have come back to support uh, what we're doing here. It, not only are we providing a, 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 a service, and it, it's nonprofit, but it, it's, it's also a business. And so it needs to be run with that kind of appreciation for the importance of communication and branding, too. So I wanted to ask you... Um what question should I have asked you, but maybe did not? What question? Well, one of the things that I'm, I'm really proud of is uh, how many businesses our students have started from our MBAE program. Uh, at last count, we had 68 businesses that we've launched in five years. Um, it is a new way to think about uh, opportunities, uh, and I'm really proud of what we've done in that space and how um, an MBA now can uh, provide students uh, with the education and knowledge that not only allows them to compete in a corporate environment, but might allow those individuals that pursue that that type of concentration to have a better chance at uh, launching a successful business. So I'm really proud about that. The, the other thing that I think is, I can't emphasize enough, is how 
how fortunate our students and our constituency is to have the type of people we have here at one providing the education providing the support um, if you ever have occasion or, or our listeners ever have occasion to come to the one facility on the fifth floor five through eight that they'll feel a, a real difference they'll feel individuals that care about them that that uh, go out of their way to make sure they're um, they're comfortable and you can feel the the different culture that we've been able to develop here and and so i that's a, a question about that the team i think is um appropriate and a comment i did want to ask you too as you were talking about the mbae program and how they move through and they've launched businesses and i know we're tracking all those metrics what happens in that cohort? What happens between those individuals? Um, because uh, through the years, I've heard deans make the comment that a lot of what you get in a program is also the network and the relationships. What do you see in those cohorts? It, it's um, it's amazing. I, I just talked to a, a student that traveled over the break to Columbia with another student um, and was just uh, effusive in his praise of of that visit and how eye-opening it was. We've got uh, students in the part-time concentration that continue to get together uh, years after they graduate. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a little bit um, like a family breaking up when they graduate. Uh, they, they, feel, um, they, they feel like it's been such a wonderful experience and ride and they've learned so much from each other, they want it to go on um, forever. And so a lot of them continue to support each other with um, email groups and, and other means. So it's, um, it's real gratifying to see. Mm -hmm. um, and do you think that enhances their ideas? I mean, that kind of circle of trust that starts to occur, much like a rainforest or a uh, Medici kind of effect, what do you think is happening as they go through together? Yeah, one of the principles that we've tried to establish in the MBAE program is one of sharing ideas. And it, it, when we first get together with the students, sometimes they're reluctant to talk about what their product ideas are, what their businesses, um, their ideas are for their new businesses because they're afraid somebody will steal them. Mm -hmm. And when they begin to appreciate the power of uh, having 25 or 30 other people help them refine their ideas and they begin to appreciate the fact that they're not nobody's going to in this kind of environment will steal their idea they begin to relax and the power of uh, the cohort education begins to uh, reveal itself and that is a group of people that support you that that help you and want you to succeed and I think that's a that's something that has driven some of the success that, that we've had in launching startups. Mm -hmm. So what I'm really hearing is that's a culture that's been created within, created within the MBA staff, kind of a trust and a support so that people feel safe to culture to create. But it's also happening in your classrooms where people feel safe and supported and really uh, encouraged to, to support each other and, and, and have the very best ideas they can. Uh, would you say it's kind of the same. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And, and you 
you begin to feel that when you uh, work with the students and, um, you know, our goal, we, we complete this journey in the MBAE program through what we call an enterprise award show. And we go to three different cities, the students pitch and they compete. We have judges, they win. Um, in the finale, they ha we have over $20,000 that they're competing for. Um, and it's surprising how uh, happy the students are when one of the individuals in their uh, cohort wins the, the grand prize. And I think, I think that's a wonderful uh, thing to realize. When we begin to share with students and students begin to understand that because one individual is successful doesn't mean that they can't be successful. That's what we're trying to create, this kind of shared success. So, Greg, as we start to come to the close of this time, I certainly want to say to you I appreciate all the years that I've had to, to work with you and, and the freedom to be um, to create and to make things happen and do things differently and try new things. And I think that's it's been huge for me uh, to be empowered to do that, the autonomy and and uh, freedom. I think the other thing that your self-deprecating humor, where you always come into the uh, to the meeting and 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 say, I hope I don't screw anything up today, always makes us all feel like we're all safe because we're all just human too. I don't know where you pick that up, but it's just a very powerful way to, I think, uh, I think help other people feel safe and good and and want to do their best. Well, I I appreciate that. This is uh, as I look back over my career. I, I can't think of a stage or period where um, what we've accomplished together has been more gratifying. So, Gail, you know I appreciate everything That's that awesome. you do for us, um, and it's um, you know it's been a great ride, and it's not over with yet. It has been. It's not over with yet. I would ask you though, um, if you don't mind, and kind of wrapping up here, w w as you think about leadership, as you become more intrigued with it, as you've evolved as a leader in this stage of your career, how would you want to be remembered as uh, um, a leader? It would be nice to um, have those that you work with um, reflect and, and sincerely feel that uh, they've been given the, the freedom to be um, their better or best self. Um, and I think as you you know, as you head home every day, if you go home and because of your work environment, everything that you experience is more positive, that, that's what businesses should try to deliver. That's what managers should try to deliver. When you leave the work environment, that because it's been such a positive experience, uh, all those that you touch after that, benefit from uh, that culture that you take with you. So um, my hope is that we've, we've created uh, space for everybody to excel and enjoy what they're doing. Thank you very much, Greg. We appreciate your time today. Uh, thank you. This episode was produced by the Clemson University MBA program and sponsored by the Pfeiffer Innovation Hub. Thanks for listening to the Clemson MBA in One podcast. Hear more stories at www.clemson.edu slash MBA slash podcast.